everybody. Welcome back to another bonus episode of the Echo Leadership Podcast. We're so glad that you are joining us today and that you're a part of the tribe, the Echo Leadership Collective. Today, we're going to go into the Zoom together for a conversation with a good friend of mine, Scott Hempe. He's the CEO of Filled a fantastic organization that's made some very difficult decisions and pivots during COVID. I think you're going to be encouraged by this conversation. So let's listen in together. Hey, everybody. I'm here today with Scott Hempe. Scott, it's great to be with you. Good to be with you as well. Hey, man, tell us a little bit more about Field and your family and uh, kind of what you guys have been up to during the season. Yeah, so I started Filled about six years ago uh, as a mobile fuel delivery company. Uh, so we bring gas to uh, to customers. Um, we, my wife and I, actually Kylie and I started it about six years ago, and now we've got a, a two year old daughter as well, named Brooklyn. Um, we live here in the Bay Area and started Filled as a consumer mobile uh, mobile fuel delivery product. So could we bring gas to your at your home overnight, refill your car up, or maybe to your work during the day? And then throughout the journey, have learned a lot, have pivoted the company a few times to try to stay uh, focused on things that are growing and op- growing opportunities. And uh, today, we, we've we leveraged the software that we built for that product. And now we use that software to enable uh, trucking companies to around the country to deliver fuel and, and provide services to different fleets and, and consumers. That's awesome, man. And from my recollection, Scott, um, you and Kylie were not married when you started. Is that right? Yeah, we were just getting married right as we were getting it going and then uh, jumped in and ended up getting, got, got married, started uh, started a company all within the same year. It was, uh, it was quite, a, quite a fun year. Uh, I, I can relate to that because Stacy and I, we got married at uh, 21, both of us, and then we started a church within the first year. I'm curious, uh, how was that for your marriage? You know, it was, it was a hard first year. Um, it was, <laughs> yeah. We had to learn how to separate what we were building as a family and, and in a marriage from what we were building as a company. And for the first year or so, Kylie was actually running marketing for Phil. So she was involved in the daily basis. And we learned pretty quickly that she doesn't like working for me, uh, which was a good realization. Uh, and that <laughs> she's the CEO of our, uh, our lives. And I can be the CEO of uh, Phil, but those didn't need to interact in, in, in that close of a way. That's great, man. You know, it's funny um, you say that about Kylie. Stacy gave me a two weeks notice when she worked for me. And initially she started uh, with like doing administrative stuff. And then she said back to me, like, well, just do it yourself. And uh, and we knew that was probably not the best best role, but she was the one that quit on, on the uh, working for me. So yeah, you can, she can Kylie always say. The same. <laughs> well, um, I know... It, during the season, you you've been through a lot. Um, your industry's been through a lot, and you guys have made a lot of really important and significant decisions. But before we go there, I'd love to focus first on you as a leader and what you're doing to continue to get better as things around you are are changing so rapidly. Yeah, this has been a, an interesting year with COVID and with everything going on. So it's definitely been one of those years that I've found. Uh, it's easy to to get distracted from kind of developing yourself as a leader. There's really two things I've done uh, consistently through this the, the COVID uh, time to try to keep developing myself. Uh, the first is I've tried to read more books. Um, listening to books was always my go-to before on the commute. I'd turn on an audio book, um, and and these could be things I'm interested in, you know, fiction books, things of that nature. But often it's business books or 
books of leaders that I respect, uh, companies that I find interesting, products that I've I've been impressed or inspired by. Um, and and obviously, when you're not commuting every day and you're working from home, uh, the audiobook, the podcast time seemed to kind of evaporate overnight. So for the first month or two, I found I was I wasn't inspired in the same way. I wasn't finding and seeking that out. So went back to the old school, you know, buy a book on Amazon, get the the paper copy, and sit down and read it. So I spend uh, you know somewhere between thirty minutes and an hour, as many nights of the week as I can, just trying to read and move through different books and. Uh, we started a book club at Filled as a way to try to make sure I'm keeping myself honest. Uh, so every month we go through a different book as a team and uh, it's optional for the team, but it's a way for me to make sure every month I'm reading a new book and uh, preparing a discussion around it with the team. Wow, that's great, man. What's the best book that you guys have gone through this year? Yeah, um, we recently just went through The Everything Store by Brad Stone. Okay. Uh, it's about the founding of Amazon and Jeff Bezos. And it... Uh, I would say that what stuck out to me was the level of vision that Bezos had for Amazon from the early days. This was long before, you know, Amazon was a household name and their vans were delivering packages to your and I house every every afternoon. Um, but they had a vision for how do they become the everything store. They started with books and that was the you know where they wanted to to dip their toe in. But the vision from day one was how do we become something where uh, you can buy whatever you need online. So I think there was a uh, a, a, bit, a lesson in vision and how to set mm-hmm. vision and then hold to that course and, and develop it. Uh, that was really inspiring in that book. That's awesome, man. I love also how you're bringing your community into. I'm curious to know, uh, kind of on a side note, like what percentage of your team decided to do to do it with you? It's interesting. Every month, it's a different group. Uh, it's about half the team, pretty consistently. Okay. Um, That's so it's, awesome. It's, yeah, about 50% usually will join. And we do a lunchtime meeting, and people bring their lunch to Zoom, and then we uh, we talk through the book. I usually ask a question or two to kick things off, but the team then starts uh, dissecting it. So it's fun. That's great, man. It's cool how you're you're bringing people into the community. And that's one of the things that we've been talking about, even with the Echo Leadership collective is the the power of harnessing these conversations with other leaders. And that's one of the things that we're trying to do here is even just tee up great conversations that we can have. And I love even, you know, you and I have had a lot of conversations like this over the last, you know, some odd years as, as we've gotten to know each other. I always walk away from our conversations stretched and challenged and encouraged myself. And um, one thing that I really have enjoyed is just listening to your process of how you pivoted the whole organization. You made a massive pivot, um, and I'd love for you to talk about that and how how that's worked for you. Yeah, yeah, we've we've changed the business uh, focus and our customers almost entirely. So we started the business as a consumer product, delivering, like I said, to kind of your home or work uh, through a mobile app, and that was really how we started the business. Uh, From there, we realized there was a number of exciting things about that opportunity, but there was also a number of challenges with that business model that just were, we spent years trying to overcome and and couldn't figure out. And sometimes that that happens. Sometimes there are problems that you just can't figure out or don't have the time to figure out. Uh, So as we were approaching COVID, really beginning of this year and last year, we we realized that what we built when we stepped back and looked at the last, at that point, four years of building a company, we looked at, we, we were questioning what value uh, we had built. What had we built that was meaningful, that was impactful, that was really good, top class, first in class. 
And we realized that the software that we built, that our drivers used to deliver the fuel out in the field, that the that our team used to look at the you know logs of what had happened, track things, and dispatch the drivers out to different routes, uh, was was novel, was new, was interesting, wasn't something that was uh, was out there in the industry. So we we looked at that, and, and back in January, made a decision to, to focus on the software entirely. So pivoted from a business that that serviced consumers. Uh, with trucks and drivers and and fuel and and went out and actually did the job to a company that just provides software that enables other companies to do that and to to deliver the fuel into the vehicles themselves. So we made that decision right as COVID was kind of we were starting to hear about COVID in other countries and and it was starting to become uh, you know known that it was it was potentially going to spread. Um, and so I, I told the team that we had to deliver on this within three months. We had to make this pivot complete uh, from kind of the time I announced it to the time we were no longer had any drivers uh, working for us or any trucks that we we operated in a period of three months. So it was it was aggressive, but it it was done quickly so that we almost pulled the bandaid off so we could get into this new model and get focused on this new business. Uh, we finished that pivot March uh, first week of March. Uh, right as COVID started to hit, and we uh, we definitely you know dodged the bullet because the industry at large, retail gasoline took about a forty percent hit uh, in the months of months of March, April, and May. And so, if we would have been in that old business model, taken our time and kind of dilly dallied to get there, we probably wouldn't be here right now. It's amazing, man. When you when you started making that decision, how much of an intuition that did you have that this was like a game changer decision in the in the sense of if you didn't move this direction that the business would not exist a year later yeah this comes back to gut of a leader and what is what's your gut telling you and there's been times it filled uh in in my career where i've ignored my gut i've i've known something's not working and you don't deal with it and you let it fester and um every leader has those things they know they need to do but are yeah. scary, that leap that they need to change the business model, they need to make that hired or, you know, to scale themselves, whatever that might be. And I think this was that gut. And I've in past lessons learned, when you start to feel that conviction about something isn't working, and you need to move to a different business model, you, you have to do it, and you got to do it quick. Mm-hmm. Um, the longer you spend trying to convince yourself it's going to work or convince yourself that you'll figure it out, if you just spend another month, spend another, you know, uh, amount of money on it, the further, you know, behind you are in that next yeah. business. So jumping quickly to it was definitely a gut feeling. The team and my board kind of their first time I brought it up, looked at me like, uh, I was, I was arguably a bit crazy. There was a little bit of, Whoa, why can't we keep working on this thing we're working on? We think we might be able to get it there. But when you've got that gut as a leader, I've learned you have to you have to trust it and, and move quickly. And time, you know, time is the only thing we're not going to get back. So yeah. moving quickly and making a decision now is you can always fix a decision that you made quickly. You stall on a decision that's much harder to come back to. That's really good. And I, one of the assumptions that you're you're making as a leader is that there's always going to be parts of decisions that involve risk and require courage. And yeah. if we ever get to the place where we try to squeeze out all the courage and risk of entrepreneurship, then we're no longer entrepreneurs. And yeah. even in the midst of that, I know like you've talked about you, that whole journey of working with your board and getting them on board, on board for lack of better words. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of 
resistance, criticism along the way from different angles. I'd love for you to talk about that. How how'd you process that? How did you not allow that criticism, even in particular with that decision from being the thing that prevented you from doing what you knew as a leader you needed to do? Yeah, you know, I just, what you were just saying struck me. Uh, I just finished uh, reading Barack Obama's uh, memoir, his most recent book. And uh, he talks about how he realized early on in his presidency that that he, the decisions that arrived on his desk were, were going to be hard decisions. There was no decisions that were easy because people below him could make the easy decisions. If there was an obvious choice, he wouldn't come to him. And he talks about how that meant that every decision that came to him, he was going to have to make a call and there was a meaningful percentage uh, chance he'd be wrong. Mm -hmm. And if he was making those decisions every day and every week and every month, he was going to be wrong. There was going Mm -hmm. to be those decisions just from from an odd standpoint, he was going to make the wrong call on. And so he put together a process as to how to make a decision, trust his gut, listen to his advisors, make the decision, commit and move on. And then know that some he'll be right on and some some he'll be wrong on. And that's been a really helpful tool and that he put words to for me over this last year of criticism that the decisions leaders have to make are decisions that are hard. They're not there's no easy answer The easy answers generally are, you know, quick decisions and, and or not even decisions you have to make the hard decisions that you're faced with as a leader. You have to know you're going to be wrong about some of them. Mm-hmm. But you have to figure out a process to make those decisions. So the criticism I often get and have gotten a lot is around those key decisions. I think we should have done that and not this. We shouldn't have pursued that customer. We should have pursued this customer. Um, but with that criticism, you have to be able to say, okay, yes, but I have a process that I make that decision with. Once I've made it, I trust myself. And I know that with the facts I had in that moment, I made the best decision I could. And mm-hmm. yes, I'm going to be wrong. So there's an element of embracing that you're going to be wrong as a leader and not Mm -hmm. having so much pride or fear in that, that allows the criticism to not sting as bad, not stick to me as much. Um, Mm -hmm. And obviously that's a, that's a work in progress, but that's, that's a perspective that I think has helped with, with criticism a lot. It's really good. Tell me the name of that book again. Oh, you're going to test me. Uh, It is, uh, I don't have it in front of me. It's just Barack it. Obama's new new memoir. He just released it maybe about a month ago, and it's his, his memoir about the the first uh, the the campaign and then his first four or five years in office. Uh, there's really an good. article he just posted on Medium uh, that is kind of an excerpt that speaks actually to this exact exact um, kind of decision points uh, topic. It's good. I think the other thing too, Scott, is. Um, you know, we have a lot of these conversations and it tends that, you know, not, not in every organization, but usually the person that sits in the entrepreneur founder role and CE role, CEO role ends up being a little bit more forward, kind of take the, take the risk. And uh, the, the beauty of a team is that we have people with different, you know, kind of wirings and they balance the team and all that. Yeah. But there is a, there's a moment at which the decision has to be made. And leaders that can't make that decision or don't make that decision fast enough, they become the limiting factor to the organization. And quite honestly, probably shouldn't sit in that seat if they can't they can't make that decision. And I love how you broke that down, just the, the awareness of criticism. And some of it for me kind of comes back to who am I listening to? What am I reading? 
and knowing the fact that there are going to be a lot of opinions to, with people who don't actually have the information you have as you're making the decision that will judge. Sometimes even they're judging your decisions yesterday based upon today's facts, which really is kind of, it, it's not really a good yeah. comparison. Hindsight's twenty twenty, and you know the decision you had to make wasn't, it was in the moment, not uh, yeah. after the fact. The uh, one of my favorite mo- leadership movies is the Sully movie, and they it, I don't know if you remember at the end of the movie when they break down and he has to land the plane and they do the simulator and they criticize his landing of the plane because they do the seconds and, and and Sully stops and he's like, the thing that you're not taking into account is the moment where I had to make a decision, should I land the plane? And, you know, all, all the criticism yeah. goes off at that point. But uh, one, one other thing I'd love to hear you drill into is a lot of the communication that you're having with your team to encourage them to, you know, you're not only having to keep yourself motivated, but you're working to keep people around you motivated. I'd love for you to talk about what are some things that you're really pressing into and saying in conversations with the people on your team? Yeah, great question. It's a it's an interesting time to lead because people have so many things going on in their lives. It's not just work. And not that it ever is, but I'm just a piece of the stress that the team right now is feeling. Filled is just a portion of the fears and the concerns and the things that the the weight that my team brings to their job every day. So I've tried to set the stage by opening up space to talk about other things. What's mm-hmm. going on in their lives? What things are they stressed about? You know, we try to avoid hot, controversial topics as a team. We're not going to have a big political discussion, but having conversations about someone saying, I'm scared about what the election might mean or those sorts of things, I think you have to create that space or people come in and aren't able to feel honest and and be themselves. And so I think that's Mm -hmm. one element we've done is we've tried to create space digitally more so than in person these days, you know, replace the water cooler talk, et cetera. But the thing that I keep saying, to our team over and over again is there's going to be two types of organizations that come out of COVID. There's going to be the type that hunkered down, survived, uh, put on their, you know, their tinfoil hats and said, we just have to wait this out. This is the end of the world. This is scary. This is hard. We just need to survive this. Um, And I encourage our team that that's not who we want to be. We don't want to just survive this. Um, you and I recently had a conversation about, about this and, and I was sharing this concept of how life is short and this is now becoming a meaningful percentage of our lives here on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a year, if it's two, I don't know exactly how long all of this will last, but even if it's a year and you live to be a hundred, that's 1% of your life. That's a meaningful percentage, a st- statistically significant percentage of your days spent on this earth to just survive, to just get mm-hmm. through. And so I've been really encouraging the team to, we want to be the second type of team, the second type of organization. There are organizations that are going to come out of COVID and everyone is going to look at them and go, whoa, how did they take so many strides, leaps, and use this opportunity to get so far ahead of their competitors to make so much progress on their product and the things they needed to build or the the offering they provide their customers to grow, to develop, to, to be so much richer and bigger and, and larger as an organization after COVID coming out mm-hmm. of that. And I think that's the organization. I keep every all hands, every meeting with the team. I, I remind the team, how do we make sure we're coming out of COVID miles ahead, way in a way uh, advantaged mm-hmm. because we took advantage of the time because yes, it was hard and we couldn't travel to see customers. We couldn't visit customers in site, on site. 
we couldn't meet in person for our annual offsite meeting. We couldn't mm-hmm. have et cetera, et cetera. In light of all of that, how do we still with what we have try to make this the most rich opportunity and take advantage of the time? Um, and that's been, that's personal too. That's not just with the team. That's myself. I don't want to look back on my life and say it was a really good life, except those few years that COVID was around. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I don't know how long I'm going to live and that's not, that's not a fair, uh, use of time to, to look back and, and regret. That's really good, man. Yeah. We had, when we had that conversation last month, that was actually personally really helped me in my thinking, um, one of the conversation pieces that we're going to talk about in next month's episode is using the f- frustration for fuel to be a better leader. And most leaders are frustrated with so many different things. And that yeah. frustration really is a distraction or we can harness that frustration to focus. And it can be in filled words, it can become fuel for yeah. future vision. And just that question of like, what if we're here for another year? What if we're here for another two years in the season? And how many gains and ways of rethinking about leadership could could we get during this time? It's like the stock market, right? It's down. Yeah. That's the best time to to invest when it's down because that's yeah. that's when the biggest upside comes. So uh, one last question is you're thinking about leaders uh, encouraging people to keep showing up. What's one thing you would say to somebody who's wrestling through, should I keep showing up? Should I throw in the towel? Uh, give Give them a word of encouragement. Yeah, I think the answer is definitely yes. And I think the the mindset you have to have is that this is a, an opportunity, not uh, not some sort of you know situation you've been put in that's that's dire. The reality is every negative aspect of COVID and of the world that we're in today has a positive you know counterbalance to it. Um, yeah. You know, I think of things like the fact that of how much I had to travel beforehand. Uh, and how I've not had to travel almost at all during COVID. And, and that means there's time with my family, but more even from a professional standpoint, that means there's time that I didn't have, that I can be focused, that I can work on another project or take on another you know, strategic brainstorm time to figure things out. So I think from a leadership mindset standpoint right now and encouraging our you know other leaders, it really is how do you find the the diamond in the rough with this. It's not fun. There's challenges, certainly. But if you can capitalize and really just focus on those things that are positive, um, it's easy with the world the way it is today to get so wrapped up in the latest shutdown mandate or the latest rules and requirements and limiting limiting factors. Uh, I'm fascinated by the concept of limiting beliefs. And Mm -hmm. I think reading all that, spending too much time worrying about that really becomes a limiting belief. So on the flip side, what are the things that this opens up other opportunity? What are the ways that that the change that the world's gone through in the last 12 months creates uh, a new a new opportunity to go after? And if you focus your time, your effort, your your brain power on that, um, you're going to go where your your brain is leading you, and and that's going to be what the company, what the organization you lead starts to to reflect. So um, it's abstract, but I think it's important. Uh, where what we think about matters. Yeah, that's really good, man. And I think it it does, it plays into so many things that we're thinking that as we're thinking them, they're taking away our creative energy. So like next month's episode, I, I just, you know, recorded it today. So I'm thinking about this uh, yeah. so much is that there, there is a, a sense in which if I'm trying to recreate the past, all of my energy is wasted on trying to rebuild something that's going to look entirely different. 
or I could leverage more of a design thinking from the future back or this season back. And it just, it actually strips so much of the discouragement and frustration away when you're not thinking, you know, oh, how do I get it back to what it was? So Scott, I, um, I love the, these conversations with you because I'm always stretched and challenged. And I think you know this, but Stacy and I think the world of you and Kylie, we're, we're so excited for you guys as you welcome number two into the world. And um, you, you guys are great leaders. You're great man and woman of God. And I just, I'm so excited to see what's going to happen with you as you continue to lead field and your family and make a difference with your life. Thanks so much for uh, blessing our Echo Leadership Collective community and, and pouring out for a few minutes here to make a difference in other people's lives. Definitely happy to do so. Thanks so much for joining us for this bonus episode of the Echo Leadership Podcast. If you're new to the tribe, welcome. We're so glad that you're here with us today. We want to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe, whatever platform you're on. If you go to echo.church slash leadership podcast, there you'll get all of our show notes, all the resources that we're sending out to help you get better as a leader. As always, we love you. We're here to serve. If there's anything that we can do to help you accomplish your vision, let us know. And we look forward to seeing you again on a future episode of the Echo Leadership Podcast.